0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Your host is Ellen Toff. The Soulful Sex Coach. Our program will take you beyond the sex you've been experiencing and open up a whole new world of intimacy. You've got a lot to learn today, so let's get started. Here is Ellen Etoff.
1: Are you ready for an ecstatic love life? I am. This is Ellen Etoff, and today's topic is rapid sexual healing. Are you and your partner a bit or even a lot inhibited in your full spontaneous sexual expression or possibly inhibited in your ability to trust and enjoy deep intimacy? If so, today's show is for you. Now, rapid sexual healing is one of my specialties, so I'm going to be doing the show on my own today and this is a topic that I've been helping my clients with for over 20 years. Now, did you know that even non-sexual events in your past or your partner's past can significantly inhibit your sex life? And in addition to that, there is sexual trauma, of course. Now, statistics indicate that at least one out of four people in the U.S. has experienced sexual trauma in the form of rape or attempted rape, molestation or incest, and this includes an estimated one-third of women. In fact, I just heard appalling news uh, on, the, on TV the other night, this week. And it said that a new study came out of um, the U- University of California at Berkeley campus saying that two out of five women attending that university can be expected to be raped in their first two years there. Now, I mean, this is shocking. And of, of course, they're taking every measure possible to abate this tendency and it, it's happening across the nation. It's not just in California. Now these events are traumatic and the, the effects, the impact on people's ability to be intimate and to trust and to be uh, fully self-expressive sexually can be long-lasting and really insidious. But they don't have to be. The effects can actually be released and, and healed rather quickly. And on this show, we're going to explore sexual wounding, uh, and not just traumatic wounding like I described, but all the little insidious things that can hold us back and affect our sex lives. And we're going to discuss ways ways to heal these wounds to open to deeper intimacy, more love, and more fulfilling sex. And these wounds can include things like um, negative messages from parents and teachers, cultural and religious restrictions, unwanted ones, um, insensitive pelvic exams, especially at a, at a sensitive age, or hurtful comments um, by or breakups by past lovers, um, even comments about our bodies that affect our self-image when we're very tender ages like um, you know, pre-adolescence and adolescence. So, um, and also today Um, I'm going to reveal one of the most closely held secrets around violent rape. And maybe you're one of the women who's experienced this and has been so ashamed that you never told anyone. And another one of these wounds can be a split between your sexuality and your spirituality. So in a little while, we're going to discuss clues that you may have buried sexual wounds if you're currently unaware of it, and how these wounds, even trauma, can release and heal relatively rapidly. And I'll address different healing modalities that are particularly helpful like color, directed eye movement, somatic awareness, regression, breath work and energetic tools, and why they tend to work faster than conventional talk therapy. And in the last segment of the show I'm gonna guide you through an exercise that can start your healing process right now today. And it's an exercise you can easily do on your own as often as you like. And even if it's not about a sexual healing issue for you, this is a process that can be great for any aches or pains that you may have that are unrelated to relationships or intimacy. So, since you may not know of my work, I feel I should give you a little bit of my own background. Um, my professional training includes a master's degree in East-West psychology from the California Institute for Integral Studies, and. East-West psychology is a marriage of Western psychology and Eastern spirituality. I'm also a certified hypnotherapist, and I'm a trained practitioner in colored light therapy, biofeedback, body talk, timeline therapy, confluent somatic therapy, and a number of energetic tools. And I have nearly 30 years experience in holistic health, and since 1993, I've worked with clients On transforming sexual and relationship blocks through somatic and emotional release. So I would love to hear from you during the show if you'd like to ask me a question or make a comment um, please feel free to dial in at 1-866-472-5795 That's 866-472-5795 and that number will will be given on the break again and also, you can email me just during the show. I only use this email for the show, but it's radioshow at ecstatica.com. That's radioshow, one word, at com, And I'll check the email during the breaks. So let's start with, well, let me tell you my own story because, um, as I said, sexual wounding can be sourced from other situations than trauma. And I was teaching a workshop for couples on sexual, spiritual ecstasy uh, at a retreat center outside Austin, uh, Texas, a few years back, and I was introduced to another uh, teacher teaching a different class, and we had dinner together, and she asked me, well, first of all, she said that she's noticed that most people who teach um, therapeutic kinds of programs tend to have their own wound. And she asked me what my wound was. And I was kind of stunned by the question. I'd never really thought about it in that way. And then it just came pouring out full force. I realized that my sexual wound was the split in our culture between sexuality and spirituality. And I had spent a good chunk of my adult life uh, seeking to close that gap or marry those two parts of myself to integrate my sexuality and spirituality. And I feel there is a growing awareness among people these days, um, a yearning to to do the same, to bring their sexuality and spirituality together. Now, as we get into some of the the clues that people um, might... Want to look at that could possibly be indications of some kind of sexual wounding in their past, and because this topic can trigger people sometimes, I wanted to start with some somatic awareness. And soma is in Greek, you know, is the body. There's soma and psyche. So soma is the body, body awareness. And i want to start with two questions, and these were actually um, uh, told to me by Raphael Kushner, and the first question is, what are you experiencing right now? And I mean, what are you experiencing in terms of thoughts? Like what thoughts are you having? Like sexual wounding? I don't know that. Or bodily sensations. It could be like gripping in your your stomach. It could be tightness in your throat or a sense of wanting to, to move or stomp your feet or anything. Or it could be emotions like a sudden sense of sadness or fear or shame, or whatever it might be. So that first question again is, what are you experiencing right now? Thoughts, feelings, and emotions. The second question is, am I willing to be with this experience 100% with no agenda? So am I willing to have these thoughts or feelings in my body or emotions? Because this experience will, if you allow yourself to be with it 100%, You'll notice that they start to shift and move. It's our tendency to want to ignore or numb out discomfort that kind of makes them stick around. They fight for our attention. So it's really important to ask yourself, am I willing to be with this experience 100% with no agenda? Now, if the answer is no, that's great. That's honest, at least. And then you can ask yourself, you know, why... Am I unwilling to be with this experience? Or am I willing to consider being with this experience 100% with no agenda? And I, I brought this up because I use this at the beginning, beginning of most of my uh, workshops in person and, um, you know, webinars and so forth. Um, it's just really helpful. And I hope men and women, just like you, break free of emotional or psychological constraints either conscious or unconscious ones so that your body and mind are free to experience exquisite levels of intimacy love and full sexual expression and the fact is there are a lot of very common experiences in life that can damage your natural sexual expression and ones like I've mentioned like you know, offhand comments by parents and teachers, like even just telling you to shut up when you're being a, a, a nuisance. That was a common one for me. I was always being told to be quiet because I did talk too much. Why do you think I do a radio show? Um, there's a venue for everything, right? An outlet for every, everything. Um, but it could also be, you know, again, there's so many cultural and religious restrictions. In our culture, you know, sex is in our face everywhere in the media, but it's also a very um, inhibited realm of life in, in the West. Strange dichotomy. Um, there's the sexual trauma I mentioned, and, and it could be anything like, uh, I had a friend whose mother used to say, everything's fine until sex rears its ugly head. Well, what kind of a message is that for a young girl? And these very common experiences can really impede your ability to enjoy the deeper levels of intimacy, and the fullest levels of your sexual expression and enjoyment. And the reason is that they cause us to contract physically, emotionally and energetically, and sometimes even cognitively. And over the years, these experiences can um, can cause you to it's your experiences and your instinctive, responses at the time usually they're appropriate at the time as a child we have to do what we can to protect ourselves and often they're self-protection responses that are no longer really helpful to us as adults but they're kind of lodged in our cellular memory and they create habits in the firing of our brain synapses so for most of us they quietly wreak havoc on at a subconscious level And frequently, despite possible years of therapy, the past can still remain energetically lodged in in our body, and sometimes this leads to physical ailments, or can cause you to strike out at the most inopportune moment and prevent you from fully opening to the beauty of whatever experience is available right now. And it can restrict your ability to be truly intimate or respond freely, sexually, including difficulty with orgasm, premature ejaculation, uh, the, the ability to trust and let go. Uh, sometimes people um, dissociate during sex, meaning their body's having sex with someone, but their spirit is somewhere else or their, their awareness is somewhere else because it's too painful to kind of bring it all together due to their past. And The fact is, while you may have a healthy and productive life in general, there can be an everlasting kind of tug that the body remembers that inhibits you from having the deeply satisfying sex life and emotional intimate relationship you crave. So let's talk about some of the symptoms that um, can limit the intimacy you establish with your partner. It can also lead to sexual difficulties like pelvic numbness, difficulty with orgasm, or erection, or premature ejaculation. These are symptoms in and of themselves, for example. Um, Dysfunctional family dynamics can be symptoms, unwanted emotions. You might be aware of sort of inappropriate emotional armoring, or things that just push your buttons that seem inappropriate to the situation. And some other clues could be that More than one person in your life has told you that you can't trust anybody or that you can't receive love or you've been told that you're sexually inhibited or maybe you feel that. Um, Another clue might be if you're significantly overweight or underweight since fairly early like your teens or early 20s. This can be a a self-protective device. Or it could be, another clue could be that you were unusually sexualized early in life, not just childlike sensuality with the world, but, but unusually sexual with other people. Uh, it, there could be pelvic numbness, as I just mentioned, uh, difficulty with orgasm, um, learning disabilities sometimes. There can be many reasons for learning disabilities, but I've definitely seen connections between learning disabilities and sexual trauma. Now, a lot of us like to be in control. Most of us do. But if you really have a large fear of being out of control, that could be a clue. Or if you think of religious restrictions while you're having sex, that can be another clue. Or if you are aware that your sexuality and your spirituality are disconnected one from the other. Or if you just feel a lot of guilt and shame in general. So, now, it might not seem like um, a clue, but sometimes people can really be into having a lot of sex and they have lots of orgasms. They can be into uh, what I often call sport sex or adventure sex, which often has a place in one's, the continuum, continuum of one's life, but this would often be someone who's not easily satisfied or is unable to be deeply intimate with someone when it's time to be intimate or develop a more secure relationship. Um, I think now would be a good time to mention that secret. And the secret is about, this happens during violent rape. More often than I can imagine, I've been told this by so many women, and that is that in a violent rape where they're having to surrender to protect their lives women often have a huge mind-blowing orgasm and this is very difficult for them to reconcile within themselves and brings on a lot of shame and guilt for a lot of women Often this leads to not being able to have an orgasm afterwards due to the shame and guilt around this, this very confusing situation where they understandably had to let go. So the reason why talk therapy is limited, I mean, I think it's great for getting insights and understanding your psyche and your emotional responses and so forth. But the reason it's limited is that talk therapy is dealing a lot with our cognitive thinking process. Are. And these experiences that happen usually in earlier in our life or violent later in our lives as well, um, come in at a physical and emotional level. And that's really the level at which we have to access the past in order to, to pull it out by the roots. So we're going to talk about that after we take a short break. And before we take that break, I'd like to remind you that uh, replays of this show and all the Ecstatica radio shows are available as mp3 downloads at ecstatica.com show. That's E-X as in exciting, T-A-T-I-C-A dot slash S-H-O-W. And the transcripts of the shows are also available at ecstatica.com slash show. So um, we're going to take that short break and we'll be right back.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's being called the easiest way to have mind blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido. And easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure. And free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program.
1: This is Ellen Etoff with Ecstatica and uh, founder of ecstatica.com. And before we get back to our topic, which is rapid sexual healing, I have a gift for you. It's my hour-long audio and ebook called Beyond Orgasm: How to Have a More Deeply Connected Sexual Experience. You can find it at guess where ecstatica.com. That's E X T A T I C A. Dot com on the homepage and I'd like to mention one more thing and that is as many of my listeners know I work with various energetic technologies and I'm going to talk about these uh, in a moment but one of them which I produced is special music for lovemaking infused with auditory pheromones which is 74 layers of resonant frequencies. This is called Love Unbound And if your sexual challenges include low libido, cultural inhibitions, as I'm talking about, um, feeling a bit out of sync with your partner, or difficulty with female orgasm, you'll be interested to know that many customers who play this music in the background while making love report enhanced libido and arousal rates, deeper intimacy, easier orgasms and often multiple orgasms for women for the first time release of cultural or religious inhibitions for greater spontaneity, easier communication about sexual needs and desires, and a sense of spiritual union. So to learn more about that, go to getabettersexlife.com. That's getabettersexlife.com. So um, just before we took the break, we were talking about why talk therapy is limited in its potential for releasing that, our, our, our inhibitions and our, our responses to the, uh, the past, to the past that's caused us to kind of shut down, that's lodged in our cellular memory and that has created sort of automatic knee-jerk, knee-jerk responses due to the connections in our brain synapses that have kind of gotten hardwired in. So one of the ways that you might have heard of that is used to deal with trauma is rapid eye movement. There's some specific techniques called EMDR, but here's why eye movement really um, is beneficial. And I have to kind of give you the background of what happens when somebody has um, a fearful experience. And that is, let's say, um, let's say you witness an event, Some, let's say you witness a car accident and someone's killed. And... Whatever position your eyes were in when that happens um, tends to be a really fearful place to go back to because when your eyes go back to that position or that set of positions that they went into during that experience, um, it so your eyes are like the frontal lobes of the brain, okay, and so every time you move your eyes, you trigger certain uh, sequences of brain events. If you're versed in neurolinguistic programming you may know that certain eye movements will make you think to the future, some to the past, some help you tune more into your body awareness. Well, wherever your eyes have gone during a traumatic experience, we tend to avoid our eyes going to those exact positions in the future because it triggers those painful feelings or events. and but what happens then is that starts to restrict our, um, our eye movement. And it starts to create limits in the connections in our brain synapses. And the reason that eye movement therapy is often helpful is by causing by kind of directing the eyes into certain positions, it can cause us to like reaccess, revisit momentarily, and release. That event, and I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, of course, so um, this is not a medical explanation. But it's it's sort of the understanding of why this happens, and what happens with um, a lot, I've worked a lot with children with learning disabilities, and we would do a um, a visual field check before we I work with them to help release their learning disabilities and. It's, increase their ability to read, um, and so forth. Or with people with head trauma, for example. I've worked with people with um, serious brain injury. And a visual field test determines how wide a person's field of vision is when they're looking straight forward. And people who have a restricted field of vision often have difficulty reading because they can't see very much of the page or even the sentence at one time. They often have poor eye-hand coordination because it's like looking at the world through a couple of toilet paper tubes, and they don't really have time to see a ball coming into the field of vision before it gets too close to respond and catch it or strike at it. So when you start to expand the field of vision through whatever methods, whether it's eye movement or color therapy that I'm going to talk about next, um everything expands it's not just their field of vision expands but it starts to expand their ability to operate in the world I've had children who could not I've had one I remember one little boy he couldn't see the end of one word before he got to the next he couldn't read and that's why but nobody ever asked him and he started explaining to me what the situation was and then I knew what we were working with. And by the end of um, two months, he'd you know his grade level had gone up uh, several, actually, several grade levels. And other children I worked with, it wasn't just their reading that improved, but their ability to organize their stuff and to do their chores at home and to cooperate with other children expanded. It, it's very widespread. You heal one thing and you kind of heal the whole organism. And this is true with our sexual inhibitions. It's sort of like, The way you do anything is the way you do everything. Or the way that you inhibit something is the way you inhibit everything. So as part of my work, I don't usually use it independently, but as part of my work, I work with eye movement very gently so that, and people, it's not a traumatic experience. It sounds like it, but it's not. It's a very gentle process, um, and it's a relaxing process. And one of the main things I use in my work is color, and I couple this with directed eye movement. And the reason color is so profound is that it's evocative on many levels. It is emotionally evocative, like certain colors make us feel happy. We have associations with colors or some um, sort of universal uh, associations with color. Like For example, uh, the Catholic Church, or a lot of churches use different colors for different purposes. We think of white in the West as a virginal color, whereas... Um, in India, I believe it's red that's used for weddings, so it's, it can be culturally associated. But some churches use, like uh, purple is considered a color of um, spirituality or royalty in the past. Yellow is a sunshiny color, right? Uh, red is passionate. Uh, green is considered healing. So there's all these different associations. But these uh, colors also relate to certain energy centers of the body. Um, you might be familiar with the chakras. And for those of you who aren't, um, the chakra system, the primary system um, is like an, are these energy vortices which run along the spine from the base of the spine, the tailbone, the coccyx, all the way up to the top of the head. And it's not physical. These are energetic. And they're often associated with different colors, like at the base of the spine, red is considered the color of passion and tribal Associations, uh, groundedness, family, and so forth. Moving up, it's kind of associated with the um, reproductive organs. Orange um, is associated with this, and actually, red orange in particular, a lot of things don't, a lot of uh, systems don't include the colors between, but red orange is very strongly associated with guilt and shame. Um, And orange affects not only our sexuality, but um, money. It has to do with uh, reproductivity and creativity and um, sex money and artistry, for example. And moving up, we have yellow, which is like the solar plexus in the center of our power. Uh, Moving up, we have the heart associated with green and compassion and love. Um, moving up toward the throat, and I'm talking generally now in these regions. There's in-between colors, but uh, around the throat is uh, you know the self-expression. Typically, the color blue is associated our sense of um, you know communication and so forth. Indigo is the third eye color, and the source sense of our intuition. And the top of the skull is usually uh, violet or sometimes white or gold, the uh, connection with spirit. So when we use color, um, we go from diff- from one color to another, and I use this in my office or online. I have color fields set up so that we can be working with colors and you can be using eye movement in my direction with color and with breathing and... Um, Somatic awareness, because as you look at these colors and removing are moving your eyes, oftentimes um, feelings and memories or, or sensations in the body will start to come up. And this is how we start to access the source of whatever issue is coming up for you. Um, for example... This is a pretty dramatic example, but it's uh, for that reason I'll I'll tell you. Um, I had a woman, I'll call her Diane because I don't give anybody's real name. It's always protected, uh, you know, confidentiality. But a woman, uh, a 38-year-old single mother had lupus disease. And Diane had been, she came to me, uh, to my office, and she'd been sexually and psychologically abused by her father as a child with the knowledge and compliance of her mother. And her current problem was that she just had a sonogram detecting massive fibroid tumors in her uterus. And they were growing and causing her pain. And her doctor insisted that she must have invasive surgery to have them removed as soon as possible. But because Diane had lupus, she was concerned that she wasn't healthy enough to survive the procedure, which required a general anesthetic. So during her first Session. Actually, this was one of the rare cases where we just had one session because she had such dramatic results. Um, I said it's rapid. This is probably the most rapid example, so I wouldn't tell people to expect this. But in her first session, uh, she actually intuitively sensed that she should look at violet. And what happened for her was that she had a very person, uh, very spiritual and transcendent experience. And that she was looking at this light and she started to see um, as if it was the earth. She started backing up, backing up, backing up until she saw herself floating above the earth. And she developed sort of a heavenly, almost exalted perspective over the earth. And then she saw her parents. And for the first time in her whole life, she was able to recognize and deeply empathize with their pain and realize that they had also been victims. And now they were just, in turn, perpetrating their victimization onto her. And at this point, amazingly, she was able to forgive them for all of their transgressions against her. Now, this didn't mean, she said later, she says this didn't mean she ever wanted to see them again necessarily or to reconnect with them on a regular basis for certain. She didn't want to do that. But she said it was really a qualitative difference in how she felt um, having this huge experience of forgiveness and release. And... Her abdominal pain went away after that. So 10 days later, she had another sonogram. And the uterine tumors had subsided to such a great degree that her doctor, who could not explain the change, obviously, he decided she didn't need surgery any anymore. He didn't. She didn't need the surgery after all because her uterine tumors were almost gone. And I talked to her many months later, and she still had no recurrence of those tumors. So that's an example of, of what can happen. Um, I had another gentleman. Phil came to me deeply hurting after his girlfriend left him for his best friend. Oh, my God, his heart was broken. And we had weekly sessions together for um, maybe close to two months in this case. And then I didn't see him again. He, was, he felt he was done. And a year later, I received a wedding announcement from him with a photo of him and his lovely new bride. It was a different woman, and since they live in the same general vicinity that I do, 20 years later, I'm still running into them from time to time, and they are still happily married. So that is very rewarding because this, you know, I first worked with him in the ni- early 90s, and these kinds of results are really rapid. Um, as I mentioned, you know, talk therapy can be a little slower, quite a bit slower because it's still very much in the head, whereas we're working with the the body awareness and the emotional source. And um, Mel in San Rafael, California, said that he's that he'd gotten more out of six sessions in our work together than he had out of six years of therapy. And I've had many people tell me that that a couple of sessions are worth a couple of years of therapy. And these results are long-lasting. Besides Phil, I had one gal um, contacted me five years after we worked together. She said, well, the sexual and relationship thing is handled. Ellen, I really attribute a lot of the wonderful things that have happened in my life to the work I did with you five years ago. Soon thereafter, I went to India and met my soulmate. We came back to the U.S., got married, and bought a lovely home. I've since launched into freelance work and am very happy. So those are the kind of things that can happen. And again, it's because working with the, the light and the eye movement and, and somatic awareness and these various tools, which sometimes include regression, um, we don't get into a big storyline. All we have to do is access the source. And then with breath and eye movement and shifts in color and so forth, we can very quickly release um, those patterns. And then the body has its own natural way of healing because once you release the old patterns, then it can kind of reorganize itself, reorganize its energy system. And when I mentioned to you a moment, ago, a little bit ago about the chakras, that is an Eastern philosophy that has been widespread in the West um, over the last few years. But it even before the East brought it to the West, there was... Um, a man named Wilhelm Reich, who wrote in the early uh, 1900s, did a lot of research on orgasm and the orgasmic wave, and he was convinced that there are seven places in our body, seven sort of, if you draw horizontal lines through the body, there are several places where our sexual orgasmic energy gets blocked, and as he drew those lines, they very clearly divided the body in the same places I described when I was going through the, the chakra system. So there's both Eastern and Western uh, knowledge about this. And basically, when we are having sex and we're having an orgasmic response, and it might not just be that full peak orgasm, but an orgasmic wave that flows through our whole system and gives great pleasure and connection with all that is, and connection with our partner and our deepest self, um, wherever that energy is blocked it can't flow any farther as it's moving from our pelvis all the way up through our body out the top of our head and there's so many places where that can get blocked but it's also very easy to to um, go in and dive in and release those blocks so that wave can continue to flow so we're not we're going to take our last break And when we get back, I'm going to guide you through a somatic awareness process, a great exercise that can help begin your healing right here on the show.
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. We all want peace. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radioshow at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff, the sexual, um, the soulful sex coach. And... We're discussing rapid sexual healing. And the only question I got over the break by email was, um, how do you find out about my services? So I'll tell you what they are. Um, Well, first of all, you can go to um, ecstatica.com and click the services button. And that's E-X-T-A-T-I-C-A dot com um, slash services. Or we're setting up a link to go... Uh, from rapidsexualhealing.com, so that'll be easier. I work with people privately via phone or Skype, and I also do from time to time group sexual healing programs. And this is especially good for folks who um, you know, want to keep um, minimal cost and have the support of a group, but in an anonymous setting. There are a lot of, um, you know, there are sexual healing groups around the country and this is not to replace the first trauma experienced or like not to replace a hotline uh, that one would call after being raped or molested. Um, That has an important function and I'm not saying that this is to replace the support of a therapist. In fact, if we're doing a group program, I do recommend that you have a therapist or a very close trusted family member that you can have as a support system during a group program. But uh, we accomplish a lot in a group program um, over the telephone or on Skype. So again, ecstatica.com is where you can get that information. You just go to services or rapidsexualhealing.com. So This process I wanted to walk you through, um, it's called, it's a talk to your body experience. So this is, now I want to say, if you have a history of serious sexual trauma, like rape, molestation, or incest that you're aware of, I would recommend you not do this process, just listening to the show until you're in the company of of a safe and supportive person. For most people, it's just fine. Also, it's probably not good to do while you're driving because it's going to take your attention away from the road. So don't do this if you're driving. Come back to it later. Just go to ecstatica.com and get the transcripts um, or the, the MP3 and then play when you have time. So um, even if you don't have any sexual inhibitions, this is great for any other aches or pains you might have or uh, whatnot. So First, think of a part of your body that's calling for your attention. It could be tightness in your shoulders. It could be um, anything, cramp in your stomach, varicose veins, pelvic numbness. It could be something that's not hurting right now or a problem um, with, let's say, you know, uh, erection issues for a man, orgasmic issues for a woman. Um, It could be a site where you've had a little tumor removed or something. So ideally, you'll do this out loud. And the reason is that we tend to space out if we just do it in our heads and kind of disappear on ourselves. So do this out loud. So let's say it's your knee. Let's say you've got a problem with your knee. So say knee, left knee. Will you talk with me? And then wait. And listen to, for that little, it might not be audible in your head, but you'll get a sense of an answer so left knee will you talk with me now often the first answer is no and I'll tell you why it's because you may never have listened before and sometimes you can it'll say no and then you can say why not and you get a response like well you never listened to me before why should I talk to you now or I don't believe you'll pay attention to what I have to say So first, just listen, ask your question to your body part. Body part, fill in the blank, will you talk with me? And then wait and listen for the answer, whether it's a yes or a no, and then pursue that. If it's a no, see if you can strike a deal. For example, if I promise to pay attention this time, will you talk with me? So do that and just... Again, body part, will you talk with me? i give you a moment. So let's assume you get to a yes or a tentative yes or a deal where, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you if you pay attention. And then say, what would you like to tell me? Or, what do you want me to know? Or, if it's pain, you can say, you know, why are you hurting me? Or, is there a message in this pain that I should be aware of? So, ask that question. And then once you get an answer, take it to the next level. For example, your knee might say, um, "Well, let's let's say there was a person who was um, who had a hernia, uh, an umbilical hernia. That's a little hernia right around the navel." And she asked this question, you know, like umbilical hernia. Will you talk with me? And first the answer was no. Well, I'll never pay attention. You'll never pay attention to me. Why should I talk to you? So finally she says, well, if I listen, if I promise to listen this time, I really, I'll really, i really try. Um, and it's, will you talk to me? Because often their body part will say, I've been screaming at you for years and you haven't paid attention. But if you promise to pay attention this time, Okay, and Bill hernia, if I pay attention now, when you talk to me, hernia goes, well, okay. So I said, go, um, what's this about? Like, what are you trying to tell me with this hernia? And the hernia's response was, it's time to spill your guts. And she went, oh, my God. Spill my guts? Spill my guts about what? And... Uh, there was a deeply held secret that she'd been unwilling to, to share, to tell the world. And it was just out of fear of not being loved. And, you know, she one thing after another, she, during this conversation, uh, she started to process this. Like, well, wow, you know, I can't just come out and just like dump this. But she started having advice come from this source in her belly asking her to, you know, first talk to her, her brother about the situation. And it's like, well, it's a little bit scary, you know, but this is one person that she was pretty sure would love her anyway. And then... Um, you know, it's like, well, if I if I do this, will you heal? And, you know, the body part is saying, well, you know, I have to wait and see how you do, you know. This is like, we're all in this together. This We're one organism. Our bodies are like a hologram. Um, and in a hologram, every little piece contains all of the information for the whole. So, that's you know, heal one thing, you heal something emotionally, and you start to heal the physiology that goes with it. And so she got this information, and she started, you know, following the recommendations of her body to start to share her secrets with the people closest to her. And one by one, as she saw that she was loved anyway, uh, she was able to to heal, heal emotionally, she was able to start relieving herself of guilt and shame and discovered that she would be loved anyway, which started to give her a sense of greater trust. Not trust in other people, but trusting herself in the world, troubling a benevolent universe. Um, And these are the kinds of things that, that can happen. And gradually her hernia started to heal. And, you know, that's often seems so miraculous, but I don't really see it as so miraculous. So ask yourself what parts of your body are crying out for you to listen, to listen to the message they have to say. It might be just that, you know, a knee doesn't want you to do particular kinds of activities or for certain lengths of time or that you have to do Maybe you, it needs you know ice twice a day. Whatever it is, um, or maybe you need to see somebody to get a special kind of treatment to help rebuild the cartilage. the body is so wise. Um, I've even had people who um, unexpectedly diagnosed a disease within themselves that they didn't know about and caught something in time to get the cure, a blood disease in this case. Uh, so that's the kind of thing that you wouldn't expect to discover. But your body has this incredible wisdom within. And this is why um, this kind of healing is so profound and so rapid. Because when we work with the energy system and the the body and allow the body to speak to us and allow the the emotional centers to start, to um, flow again, it's it's not traumatic to to repattern and to release these kinds of energies. It's actually a huge relief, and often we find that there's a great relaxation in our whole um, body that comes with it, and we start to experience the world from day to day in a more open, more appropriate manner. And it doesn't mean we're not. Um, aware of situations to avoid and being trusting doesn't mean to be that we're not discerning, not everyone is trustworthy. But if we can be trusting and and trustworthy in and of ourselves, um, there can be a whole new world of possibilities open to you and whole new worlds of love and depths of incredible intimacy you may not have known existed and realms of sexual pleasure that may be beyond your wildest dreams. So, if you'd like to um, explore this further, or would like more information from me, um, go to my website. It's ecstatica.com. E X T A C I. Excuse me, E X T A T I C A.com, where you can also get your free Beyond Orgasm audio and ebook, and you can learn more about my music auditory, with auditory pheromones, and about my work on rapid sexual healing. Thank you so much for listening to Ecstatica. You can visit RapidSexualHealing.com. This is Ellen Etoff in support of you having an erotic, ecstatic
0: love life. We hope you've learned from and enjoyed the show today. Join us again for another stimulating hour of Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life with your host, Ellen Etoff on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. This week, enjoy the best sex of your life.